Good morning. It is good to see all of you here today, and I want to thank you for being here. And we also want to welcome all of our folks that are online. Uh, we have several members who will be watching today from online, and of course, our friends and neighbors through our Facebook Live. And so, we want to welcome them as well. And I also want to thank the members here for prayerfully deliberating on whether it was the right choice to come together today. And uh, we talked about it, we prayed about it, we asked about it, and, uh, and it was uh, reached the conclusion that uh, at this time we were going to meet. And we will continue, of course, to monitor uh, the situation and to see and to pray and ask what's the right decision for the public health and for our members here. So thank you for cooperating and deliberating and contributing to that conversation. It's important for all of us to be unified together uh, at this time. And thank you for being here and, and, and making today possible and, and worship to God. And today I do want to talk to you about fear. And one of the things that's consoling to me is that when you look into the lives of the early disciples, they were fearful too. And in fact, the story that we read in Matthew chapter 14, that famous story, that popular story of when Jesus walks on water, the disciples become fearful during that time. They become afraid because they see Christ walking on the water and they think it's some type of apparition. They think it's some type of ghost. So even in the lives of the early disciples, not only did they fear those things that were beyond their control, not only did they fear the Roman government at times, but they even feared Jesus. That His supernatural nature overwhelmed them at times. And if you can just put yourself in the place of the disciples during this time, it's probably about 3 a.m. to 6 a.m., somewhere in the early morning hours. It says, on the fourth watch. And then you're in this tiny boat and it begins, the winds begin to blow. And the waves begin to rock the boat. And then to see in the distance someone walking in the night on the water. And a lot of times our focus in this story has been what Peter's response is. And it's an amazing response, isn't it? It's one of immense courage that Peter has the audacity. Peter has the courage to ask the Lord, if it's you, Lord, bid me to come. And of course, we know that Peter stepped out of the boat and began to walk on the water. But then he started to look around. He takes his eyes off of Jesus. And then he begins to sink into the waters. And he says, Lord, save me. And Jesus reaches out and pulls him out of the water. 
Sometimes we begin to focus on Peter in this story. But what I want to remind you, and I think that this is a very important part of the story, is at the very end of it. We concentrate on Peter getting out of the boat, don't we? But let me tell you, the point of the story, I believe, right now, is the point is is that Jesus got in the boat with them. And isn't that the story of God and Jesus? That God came to us and that God in the form of Jesus got in the boat with us. So no matter what, no matter what fears we have at this time, we have to remember that Jesus has gotten in the boat with humanity. That Jesus is here with us even in these moments. Our world has turned somber. In in many cases, even panicked. I mean, I went to Walmart this week. And I had to buy some toilet paper just like any other week. But there was no toilet paper at Walmart. I go down the street to the little mom and pop store, and there's toilet paper. Praise God. And I did not buy them out. I left some for someone else. But this time of immense fear has reminded us of a few things. Number one, our need, listen to this, our need for the truth. I'm not talking about a truth. I'm talking about the truth. And in this time of of misinformation... Boy, the truth is needed, isn't it? Not only do we need the truth about the spread of coronavirus, but we need the truth of who Christ is and the Gospel. But there is a need for the truth, isn't there? It also reminds me that there has been a realignment of priorities, hasn't there? Bottom lines have changed. That instead of greed running our economy, now fear is running our economy. It's amazing, isn't it? That just within a week, how things have changed. That instead of greed running the economy, it's fear. And priorities are shifting. People are changing. It also reminds me that there is an immense need for cooperation and and who we are. It also reminds me how delicate the balance of life is and how interrelated humanity is. Something that started in China is here in America. That's how interrelated. People aren't so far away as we think they are, are they? You know, this this thing that's going on, the fears. If you look at the top fears of Americans in 2018, I think you'll find something interesting. That a lot of the fear that we have is a coalescing of many fears. Listen to the top fears in 2018. High medical bills. Climate change. Extinction of animals. Air pollution. People I love dying. Not having enough money for the future, pollution in drinking water, pollution of the oceans, corruption in government. 
If you look at that list of the top ten fears of America, four of the ten are coalescing in this coronavirus, aren't they? That's why people are so afraid. Because we're not only afraid of our health, but we're afraid of losing people we love. We're afraid of high medical bills. We're afraid of so much. What should we say about fear? First thing that we can say is, is number one, there is legitimate fear. There's sometimes there's a reason for you to be afraid, and, and it's a good reason. If someone points a gun at you, there is a good reason for you to be afraid. If someone lets the lion out at the zoo and he's running on the prowl, you should be afraid. There's also baseless fear. Baseless fear is when we become afraid because of superstition or because of some kind of psychological phobia or distress. But then there's number three, I think, where we're finding ourselves is that there is a blend, a mixture of legitimate fear and then psychological distress. Fear has a value. There is a value to fear. And it's a survival value that when you become fearful, you're supposed to use that adrenaline and that fear to help you to to fight or to flight, right? You either use that adrenaline, that fear to fight whatever's against you, or you use that fear to flee that dangerous situation. But that feeling that we get in fear is very, very powerful, isn't it? It can overwhelm us. There's the story of Nikita Khrushchev in the Soviet Union that he began in a meeting one time to be... He began to talk about Stalin. And he began to talk about all of the things that Stalin did that were wrong. He was being critical of Stalin. And someone in the crowd says, well, you were a colleague. Why didn't you stop him? And Khrushchev said, who said that? Silence. And he said, now you know why. Because of fear. The thing about fear, though, is, is it's supposed to be Temporary. And it's a threat to our faith. Our lives are not to be lived under the banner of fear. They're not meant to be. They're meant to be lived under the banner of faith. In 2 Timothy 1.7 it tells us, For God has not given us a spirit of fear. That God is not the author of the fear that's within us right now. God is a giver. And there's certain things that God doesn't do. And one of those is to instill an an unhealthy fear inside of us. You know, God doesn't tempt us. Whatever evil we encounter in this life, whatever temptation we encounter in this life, whatever badness we encounter in this life, it's not from God. The coronavirus is not from God. 
The Bible also tells us that God doesn't lie. That truth, that elusive truth that we're all looking for, the truth. God is the author of the truth, not of lies. The devil is the father of lies. God doesn't lie to us. God doesn't want any of us to perish either. It says, the Lord is not slack concerning His promises as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us were not willing that any should perish. God doesn't want anyone in this building to perish temporally or eternally. God loves us. Fear leads us to anxiety, guilt, shame, depression. It paralyzes us, doesn't it? God is not the author of fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear. But what has He given us? It says God has given us a spirit of power. The life of faith is a life of empowerment. Why? Because of the presence of God. Because Christ has gotten in the boat with us. Think about that. The one who controls the weather, the one who is able to walk on water is in the boat with you. Isaiah said it like this, For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, Fear not, I will help you. Fear not. Some have said that that phrase, fear not, occurs in the Bible some 366 times. And that's enough for each day of the year. Fear not. Remember the psalmist, he said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You know, we think about the shadows that are falling in our culture and in our world. We forget sometimes that the shadow require, requires the light. A shadow doesn't happen on its own, does it? No, in fact, the shadow implies that there's light. You can't have a shadow without the light. So sometimes when the shadows overtake us, we have to remember that there's light behind it. I will fear no evil. We have to remember that prayer changes things. We have to be people of prayer. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. God has given us a spirit of power, of optimism, of hope. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But He also says He's given us a spirit of love. And this gets down to what our sole motivation is in this life. What is motivating you in your life? Is it fear or is it love? John talks about it in 1 John 4. Listen to these words. Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. 
in this love, not that we love God, but that He loved us. It goes on to say, love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because He is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love cast out all fear. We need to live our lives motivated by love and not fear. God has given us a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. While other people are losing their heads, while other people are losing themselves to panic, we must be sober in our judgments. We must have a sound mind about us. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. We need to be sober-minded. We can't be drunk with fear. And like I said before, there is a time and place for legitimate fear and concern. But we can't be overtaken in our lives and be motivated solely by fear. And it gets down to intentional living versus impulsive living. You know, Peter was probably the poster boy for impulsive living. And that's probably why a lot of us like Peter so much is because when we see Peter and the way that he reacts, and isn't that the word? He's reactive to things. He's impulsive. And sometimes that impulsivity inspires people like the fact that he got out of the boat. That was an impulsive move, wasn't it? To get out of the boat and to have the courage to walk on water. Wow. But it also goes to the scene of when Jesus is taken out of the Garden of Gethsemane. And it says Peter followed at a distance. His impulsivity in one place got him on the water. But his impulsivity in another place made him follow Jesus at a distance. We have to be of sound mind. So today I hope that you will trust in God because number one, God has brought us through things before. You know, when you start reading the history of past flu epidemics, this isn't the first time where churches have struggled with the decision on whether to meet. And in fact, in 1918, during the Spanish flu epidemic, churches did not meet during that time to ward off the infection. But God has brought us through that. God has brought us through many trials and tribulations. God has brought us through so many times before. And it's time to have faith in who God is. And we can't forget that God is in control. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And we can't forget that God loves us. Remember when Jesus talked about the sparrow. And what did Jesus say? That 
that God knows even when the sparrow falls, how much more does He know you? If God knows when the bird falls, then He knows when I'm struggling, when I'm challenged, when I'm fearful. It's a reminder of how much God loves us. And it also, God is here to save us. Jesus got in the boat with His disciples and they worshipped Him and said, truly you are the Son of God. Plato once said this, we can easily forgive a child who is afraid of the dark. The real tragedy of life is when men are afraid of the light. And sometimes we are afraid of the light, aren't we? We're afraid of the truth. We're afraid of the truth of who we really are. That we are as fragile as we're finding out we are. That no matter how big our egos are, our feet are truly made of clay. We are attached to this earth and from dust we are and to dust shall we return. The truth of who we really are, that we are sinners needing God to forgive us. And sometimes we cower from the light, we cower from the truth. We cower from the hand that's outstretched to save us. And today we want to offer every person here, no matter how fearful you are or how not fearful you are, the opportunity to reach out to the hand of Christ. Because today the winds are blowing and the waves are roaring. And the most important question is, who are you serving? Who is your Lord? Because everything else is up for grabs. We've seen that. The Bible says to begin in faith, that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Begin to live a life of faith and trust in God, even when things are beyond our control or happening. Trust in the Lord. Repent of sins. Confess Christ to be the Son of the living God and be immersed into His body, the church. And to begin that walk of faith, that walk on water. And just remember, Christ is in the boat with us. Today, if you have any need, we want to help you. We're going to sing this next song as a song of encouragement to you. So that if you need to be baptized, or if you need to confess sin, or if you just need a prayer of encouragement, of healing, we're here to assist you. So if you have any need... Won't you come now as together we stand and as we sing?